a full suite of language technology solution for the ambitious enterprise. The streaming platforms have poured money into producing and acquiring non-English language series. And welcome everyone to another episode of SlaterPod. Hi, Esther. Hey, Florian. This is our new news show, Esther. Ooh, tell me more. It's the new news only show. We are going to switch to a twice a week release schedule. You know, we used to obviously have the news segment and then have the guest segment and we all wrap it into one beautiful podcast and put it out on a Friday. But we decided to separate the two and, you know, do a news segment on the Friday if we get a chance to do it and then have a guest segment sometimes we uh, during the week, probably Tuesday, Wednesday, um, around, you know, early midweek. And so you're going to get, you know, we're going to show up in your feed more often. Today on the agenda, DeepL's aborted right launch, translator employment in Germany, the jobs index, and you're going to tell us a bit more about media localization M&A. Yes. But also do check out Slitacon Remotes coming up on Wednesday, December 7th. That's in, uh, you know, roughly a week from now for those listening in on the Friday. We are heading towards 400 or more participants. So really cool. Lots of networking, of course, still time to register. Great agenda all across that large industry of ours, the language industry, literally anything from like uh, transcription, you know, WTO translation requirements, media, dubbing, everything. So it's all there. And I give my usual kind of industry overview and outlook at the beginning. So this week was uh, an interesting launch slash, not launch, uh, where DeepL apparently, like they kind of, they, they try to launch, um, a, a write writer tool, like a writer support tool, uh, something probably similar to, uh, you know, Grammarly and pulled it again, pulled the launch again. So it kind of made it onto a bunch of like writers blogs, especially uh, a, n a number of them are in German. And so they started writing about it. Like, Hey, this is the uh, the new launch of like DeepL's latest product, and it's going to help you write better texts, etc. And then like when you actually went to deepl.com slash write, it will go to like a, a page maintenance thingy. And so it looks like they kind of went out with this, but then pulled it back again. And they also spoke to, or they, they informed, we, we pinged them and like, hey, what's going on? No response. And then uh, the, uh, a couple of the other uh, publications, they added that DeepL informed them that the test was actually meant to be only internal only, and it, it's no, no longer accessible and that it will probably be launched in early 2023. So someone's a bit over-eager. <laughs> someone's a bit over-eager to show this product to the world. Um, they do still have, um, on their privacy policy page, they have an, uh, like a chapter on uh, DeepL Write. They call it DeepL Write Alpha Beta. So uh, go there if you want to read a bit of legalese on that, on that new product. In German. No, this one's in English. Okay. But basically confirms that there is this thing in the works. I find it interesting because they're, they're, you know, it would put them into competition with, I guess, Grammarly. And if you do a quick check with Grammarly, that's a large, uh, that's a large company. They have like more than a thousand employees on LinkedIn and, you know, which usually indicates like seven, 800 full-time equivalents. It's been growing really strongly. 
And you know why, compared to DeepL, they probably got about three to 400 people now. Uh, so why wouldn't you go after that product if that's something you can you know, do at scale? And obviously DeepL has all this experience with DeepL Pro and, and these other pro machine transition products they have. Why wouldn't they go after something like, like Grammarly if they you know, can, again, deliver the actual product? Also interesting, because we spoke about on this podcast many times that they uh, kind of go after the B2B and be more enterprise, and this is squarely B2C. So I'm not sure what your thoughts on, on this are. Yeah, I mean, we have, like you said, spoken a lot about their move into B2B. We had that um, kind of deep dive into their LinkedIn page and profiles and what kind of jobs they were hiring and things like that. Um, so I think to go B2C again, I mean, it makes sense because you're launching, in theory, this new product. So maybe it's, well, it's almost definitely lower hanging fruit, isn't it, to, to do B2C rather than main, maybe later it'll come into a B2B um, product solution. A full suite of language technology solution for the ambitious enterprise. Um, yeah, all right. So we'll stay uh, put alongside with the funding announcement, which, you know, was in a sense kind of leaked and uh, we covered and uh, still no official confirmation on that one. So looks like they're still wrapping up the, the terms there on that major funding round that will put them into the, you know, unicorn um, stratosphere of startups. In terms of a little further down to earth, so in there's this um, there is this uh, German um, well agency for labor. I, I actually don't know the uh, the official <laughs> the official term uh, that that is tracking like employment. And there's been a decrease in employed translators and interpreters in Germany. Apparently, there's seven thousand two hundred and seventy. Uh, employed translators or interpreters in Germany um, that that are like officially employed under all those beautiful German, you know, protections and labor laws. And, and there is like a, a term for that. I'm not going to uh, try to put that out there. It's like Sozialversicherungspflichtig Beschäftigte. I'm not going to put that out there. And then there you go. I did. For those who want to know. For those who want to know. SVB, meaning like, yeah, again, you're protected by all these uh, strong labor laws in Germany. And and that is actually down from 7,900. So it's a drop of, you know, roughly uh, six, 700 people uh, since 2017 kind of gradually came down. Um, you know, we all know that the language industry, of course, is very, very uh, heavily dominated by freelancers. But, you know, it's still interesting that you uh, have less employment among the uh, the employed translators, of course. So this was tweeted out by our friends at UEPO. Uh, and if you don't follow them, do follow them. You know, it's uh, even though a lot of the content's in German, it's still very interesting data around the, the German translation market. Now, this kind of gels somewhat with our jobs index. What happened, what's happening there, uh, Esther, this month? Yeah, we just released the monthly figures for December. Uh, so we had a figure or index figure of 184.1, um, down around three points from November when the index stood at 187-ish. Um, I mean, so it's gone down, not by a huge amount. Um, I mean, it probably serves, it's worth saying that the index has mostly climbed throughout 2022. So they had, there were a couple of months so far, I say so far, this is the last month, but uh, a couple of months where it did dip. So the dips in June, September, and now December, as well as the 
sort of regular seasonal drop in January. So it's potentially sort of a bit, you know, way more wavering that, than we would have liked or hoped to have seen kind of in post-COVID. Um, but overall, the index is up around 11 points from January 2022, but it's only up around 3.6 points um, going sort of year to year. So from December 2021. Um, so not terrible, but not great. Is December usually a seasonal dip or not? I don't think it is. No, it, you wouldn't normally see that. I mean, obviously, is I would say challenging com- comparables given the sort of the turbulence of of COVID and what have you over the past couple of years. Um, but no, typically, I don't think that we would see normally a, a drop in December. Um, more, more so a drop in January. All right. Well, so it'll be interesting to see what's going on in January. Yeah, it's one to watch, I think, isn't it? Just overall over the next few months, whether we see more dips or whether it kind of plateaus. What are you hearing out there? I mean, I hear it's tough, Um, maybe less so on the kind of LSP side. But, you know, I've seen probably as you have a fair bit on LinkedIn about um, sort of some people either being laid off. Um, struggling to find jobs a lot of people sort of saying oh I'm open to vacant I'm open to opportunities um but yeah I think the jobs are still out there it's maybe hard to come by and obviously some people have been hit um maybe more so on the tech side I saw a LinkedIn post that localize has had a pretty big wave of redundancies like it's it's always it's always like when one of your former staff member posts like, hey, on LinkedIn, like, hey, I've been let go. And there's this big wave of people coming out. It's like, oh, OK, thank you very much. So, um, uh, yeah, so I, I guess all the high flying uh, or not high flying, but like well-funded, especially SaaS startups are um, are having to tighten the belt this uh, this next year. Well, maybe it's not such a big runway as they had originally thought when they secured the fund- funding. I mean, if you plan to just raise, 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 and then, you know, basically the money disappears, the easy money disappears, then yeah, you need to tighten the belt. Even if you're, if you're still growing, you know, you have all this, this big kind of overhead that you're maintaining. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see in 2023 what, what's happening. I mean, the interesting uh, or the, the positive would be that a lot of the, or parts of the language industry is still considered as part of this kind of broader AI industry where funding is still flowing quite freely. Uh, and so if you can reposition yourself a little bit more towards that, then you should be, um, you know, you sh- should be more successful, I guess. Because, um, yeah, there's so much going on. Just to go off on a bit of a tangent here, I was just playing around this morning with uh, OpenAI's new chat. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like, get a, get an account. It's free. And then just play around with it. You can ask it, like, all kinds of crazy questions, and then it gives you answers. <laughs> it's insane. So like having a conversation. You can have a conversation. It's really, it's scarily good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have, I've only played around with it just a little bit, but it's, uh, it's insane. It's insane. Check it out. Obviously, maybe there's some multilingual components we, we can look at as well. All right, moving to um, media localization, dubbing, subtitling, some M&A going on there, right? Yeah, well, you say there's a lot going on. Uh, I think media localization is a is a good example of where there are where a lot of things are happening. Um, so, got two two M and A transactions that we can talk to you about. One is Blue Digital uh, that has acquired Hey Million, um, and this is part of their sort of move deeper into media localization because so Blue Digital um, is a media services provider. Uh, they would consider themselves so they're doing other 
you know, other services, not just localization. Um, the deal closed, I think, sort of uh, around the 18th of November. Uh, based in California, Blue Digital Group, whereas Hey Million is uh, based in the UK. It was founded in 2007 um, and was also a vendor to Blue prior to the deal. So Hey Million is focusing on subtitling, dubbing, access services. Um, so kind of that um, quite core localization um, plus access services space. Um, so an interesting one, Blue, they typically, like I said, based in California, US, they've got a cloud-based media software. They also offer, offer production and distribution services. It looks like in 2022, they've become um, a bit more intentional about um, building up localization capabilities. They hired a VP of content globalization in March and then also acquired uh, another US-based uh, dubbing and audio facility called Central Post LA in May. Um, so it's a it's an interesting addition. Um, now, obviously, Hey Million, based in the UK or headquartered in the UK, I should say, but adding dubbing facilities in Mexico and then operations hubs in the UK, in Greece as well. Um, so adding to the Latin, uh, Latin America presence um, and yeah, gradually to be integrated into Blue's ecosystem, which presumably will rely on that kind of cloud-based media software that, that Blue has. Is a private company, right? Blue Digital? I believe so. Um, I haven't explored it too much, to be honest. Um, we would have to look into it. I don't know whether that was uh, part of the article. I think, yeah, they're private private company. Because, yeah, the, on the public side, Zoo is just like on a tear, like basically all-time high, 170 million uh, pound market cap, uh, basically $200 million market cap, uh, really, uh, really booming there. Uh, and then there's another one. Uh, just hit this morning. Uh, we haven't even covered that on the website yet. So the logs acquired post haste, post haste digital. I like the name. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, Deluxe is one of the sort of major players, giant of media localization. You would say also headquartered in the US. Uh, they've acquired post haste digital, which is a specialist in English language dubbing. Now we talked a lot about English language dubbing, not only on this podcast, but also in our media localization coverage, um, just generally as a, as a big growth area, as you know, the streaming, the streaming platforms have poured money into producing and acquiring non-English language series. I think we even talked about that, I don't know, two weeks ago or something. Um, so we've got uh, Post Haste that was founded in 2003. This is the acquired company. They do English dubbing, audio, video mastering, uh, they work for clients, including Netflix. So they're part of the post-production partner program. Um, Disney, Sony, so the kind of usual suspects of, of that, um, of that uh, space. They were apparently responsible for dubbing, uh, the English dubbing of shows, including Lupin, Fauda. Uh, I'm going to try and say this one. El Presidente Jogo de Corrupción. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Thank you. And uh, Kiss Six, Six Cents. I can't pronounce that. That's very difficult to say. It's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, it seems like an English, lang English language specialist. Um, they've got three operating facilities in LA and Burbank, so close geographically also to where, you know, like D Deluxe would be. Um, they've got five recording rooms, theatrical mixing stage, three, I don't know what this is, near field mixing stages and six audio editing suites three QC quality control suites and two video editing suites. So kind of really tooled up um, 
again uh, for to pr- provide this kind of well dubbing etc services five dubbing recording rooms in LA and Burbank okay so it's kind of on site huh? interesting well it's probably kitted out do you know what I mean it's not just like here's a room it'll be proper sort of high spec stuff I would wonder what's the advantage of being in LA or Burbank like this is very very expensive real estate the actors the voice talent presumably the clients for another of course like you have all these voice actors there well actors who would then also be available for for voice acting there you go you solved my question if it's english plus acting you know where where better to be than than there la it's got to be super expensive Let's say you mentioned expensive. Uh, the transaction, this, I mean, it's not validated by us because I think, like you said, we haven't published the piece yet. But the, what, what I saw from um, another source was that transaction was reportedly valued post-haste. They said in the multiple seven-figure range. So if I'm not wrong, that would be tens of millions. Multiple seven-figure. Like, can you be more, can you be vaguer? 10 to 99 million. Yeah, that's probably like... 30, 40, 50, because if it was more, then you, they, they would have chosen a more a grandiose or... I know what you mean. Multiple seven-figure range. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for this week's news show. Uh, do join us next week on Wednesday at Slatercon Remote. Remotely. Stay tuned. 